Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ and His goodness is meeting your every need. Open up to Luke 2. Luke 2. And I'm going to use part of the Christmas story as a jumping off and then we're, we're going to get off into some real fun stuff. Now, we, we've been talking about We've been talking about the idea that the Lord wants to restore wonder and wants to restore a fascination with the mystery of the gospel. Like, I I think the Lord really wants us to live just actually impressed by him. And if you're impressed by God, you'll be be impressed to live for God. That was good. That was. I'll say it again. If you live impressed by God, you'll actually begin to live impressed. I'm sorry. If you live impressed by God, you'll live impressed for God. Or you'll be impressed to live for God. I, I, you should have got it the first time. <laughs> should have got it the first time. He, he, he wants his people to be like, whoa. Like, like what we just encountered is not the norm. And unfo- let me say this. What we just encountered should be the norm and is the norm. But unfortunately, it is not the norm in most of the churches uh, within North America. And, and so, and like you can ask Melissa and Terry, they've been in more, more churches than all of us combined in just the last three weeks, probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm talking about all of our lives. Uh, they, they've been in so many. And so, so what the Lord's doing here is special. And what the Lord's doing here is unique because it's a high degree of presence. And when he comes in, we're learning to try and move with the ebbs and flows of the Holy Spirit, right? We're, we're not trying to build up walls. What we're actually doing is allowing him to take our veils and turn those into sails. And we just go wherever the wind blows. And, and so, so that's really unique what he's doing. And so we cannot afford to take that for granted. We can't afford to take it for granted. I'm just telling you, like, it's, it's just the truth. We cannot take it for granted. Like, it's a big deal that he has sovereignly chosen to begin to move here. Now, now there is a degree of hunger that he requires, right? There's a degree of crying out for him, but he does what he chooses. But he only chooses to pour himself out with people that he actually can trust with that degree of presence. And so, like, I mean, if, if it, let's be honest that we've said this, that if, if the third great awakening was going to come by the amount of churches in North America, it would have already happened because you could throw a rock. If you go downtown Louisville and just close your eyes and spin, you can throw a rock and probably hit one that was in existence at one time or another. But the problem is, is that we build up these institutions, and I love the institution, I love the church, but we become more in love with the institution than we actually do his presence. And when we fall more in love with the institution than we do with him, he goes, I'm out. That's, that's, what, that's Ichabod, the glory has departed. <laughs> and so... I don't even know where this is coming from. It's rising up in me. And so, so, so the Lord, so the Lord is looking for people that respond to what he just did a few minutes ago. And then he's looking for people who respond to what he did a few minutes ago and respond at their homes. 
Because if you learn to respond in your home, you'll learn to respond in your day-to-day life. And if you respond in your day-to-day life, the Lord will trust you and he'll, he'll use you to speak an encouraging word, to give a prophetic word, to, to see someone get touched and healed, to see someone come to faith in Christ. But he's looking for people to say, you're a big deal and you're the most important thing in my life. He want like, let's be honest, like, like husbands, most, most spouses love when they're doted over, right? At least I think they are. Mine likes it when I dote over her. I think the Lord likes it when we dote over him. <laughs> it's like, you're awful magnificent. And if we could live like that, again, I think he would trust us. And, and so, but the only way you can live like that, you can't fake that. You can't fake it. I can sniff it out a mile away. Like you, you can sniff out those that are going through the most. It's just, and I, if I can, I know the Lord can. All right. So anyway, uh, Luke 1. <laughs> I'm sorry, Luke 1. Yeah, I'm going to read. Is it Luke 1? Yeah, Luke 1. Oh, thank you, Lord. Luke 1, I'm going to start with uh, verse 26. Luke 1. All right. I'm going to read uh, the 12 verses right here. But starting with verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room and bear a son and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great and he'll be called the son of the most high and the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived in her old age. And she was called, she who was called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing will be impossible with God. Like if we could even just get that verse right there and say, I actually believe, we could just go home right now. Like seriously, like if we could get that. And Mary, and the, I love Mary's response though. Her response is actually what I want to share. She says this, Behold the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done according to your word. <laughs> now, Again, the Bible's weird. I'm sorry, it is. Like, shows up to a, probably a 14-year-old girl, the angel does, and I'd love for an angel to come and say, I need to have a conversation with you. Like, right? Angel shows up and says, greetings, favored one. And I would be like this. <laughs> you know, are, are you talking to me? 
And he says, greetings favored one. And then he goes on to say, look, you're pretty special in the eyes of God. And you're so special that he's going to trust you to get pregnant. And she's like, well, I haven't ever, you know, I haven't ever done the thing. I'm just engaged. And, and he's like, well, that's okay. Cause the Holy spirit's going to come on you and he's going to put a seed within you. And for the next nine months, you're going to grow this seed inside of you. And you're actually going to give birth to the savior of the world. Like that is a little peculiar and strange, right? And then, and then like, like if you came and said something like that to me or not, well, I can't cause I'm a male, but, but if I, if the Lord, but, but it would be, just, it would be equally as amazing. <laughs> well, here's the truth though. We actually talked about this last year that now because new covenant, he lives inside of us. We give birth to him all the time. But anyway, that's just what we're called to do. But here's this thing, here's this situation. And I love her response. She's like, I, I, it doesn't say how long she sat there and pondered it. It doesn't say how, if she sat there and wrestled with it, she's like, all right, may it be done according to your word. And I think that is the, the I, I think the Lord is looking for people to be, just respond just like that. <laughs> he can trust someone that says, all right, if you said it, good enough for me. If you said it, like, like and, and, and there's been times where the Lord has given me a word, either be through his word or whether someone gave me a prophetic word and spoke something to me and, or, 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 or I heard something or whatever. There's been times he's given me words in my life and I've held on to those words and I've said, may it be done, Lord, may it be done. And sometimes it takes a little bit for that word to come to fruition, right? Sometimes it takes nine months. And sometimes it takes longer for that word to be birthed. But I want to tell you that if he speaks it, he does not revoke it, right? Because in the beginning, there was God, right? And in the beginning, he said, let there be light. And light was released, which I actually think light was the presence of the Holy Spirit. But he released light at 186,000 miles per second from his mouth. And that one word has created light ever since that moment in time. And so when he speaks, he doesn't revoke. That's why it says this, that the call and gift, it's in Romans, but the gifts of God are without repentance or the call of God is without repentance. And it means that that's why you can have super anointed people living in sin and the Lord doesn't remove the anointing, but he ends up, they end up getting disgraced because of the way that they live. He doesn't revoke things that he does. And so when he says, may it be done, or she says, may it be done according to your word. She's like, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't even know why it's going to happen. Right. But I just believe it's going to happen because you spoke this thing into existence. <laughs> And I think a life of wonder and mystery is initiated by responding to his voice. It's like, and some of us, I equate it to this. If, I, if, if me, for instance, if I lay hands on someone in public and I see him touched by God, it seems like the Lord gives me another opportunity. But if I see someone, I feel like I'm supposed to minister to someone and I don't because that, and that's sin. If I don't respond to what he speaks, it seems like it's further 
uh, there's further time between those situations. And so the Lord, I believe, is waiting for a people that will just say, I respond to your word. May it be done according to your word. May it be done according to your word. May it be done according to your word. And when she says, may it be done, the word done means may it come into existence by that which you have spoken. All right. May, may it happen. May it be. May it actually belong to. So she says, may it be done. May it belong to not only you, but may it belong to me. Because when you speak, it is a promise is what she's saying. And she says, may it be done according to your word. When that word for word is it's rhema. We've talked about this one before. It's living, active, dynamic word of God. It's not a written word. It's a spoken word. It's the same word that it's used in Deuteronomy 4.4 and Matthew 4.4, which is man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. And so she says, may it be done by the living and active dynamic thing that comes out of your mouth. Because when he speaks, there's creative power when he speaks, right? That's why it's raiment. It has the opportunity. If there's something here and he speaks, it, it takes care of it, right? If, if there's nothing there and he speaks, something speaks springs up. There's something behind the words that the Lord speaks. And so she says, may it be done according to the living, active, dynamic, living word that comes from, from your mouth. And here's the problem. If we're not responding to his voice, I actually think he stops speaking because he waits for us to go back to the last time he spoke to us and agree with that. If we're not hearing him speaking, we may need to go back and say, when was the last time God spoke to me? And go back to that moment or whatever that is and make restitution or make it right for that one thing. Everyone, and, and, like, I'm there, and I see this in particular when I get a travel. Someone will say, like sometimes people say, I need a word. Will you give me a word from God? And what they really want is you to prophesy over them. And, 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 and I'm like, and, and like a lot of times I'm like, I got nothing. Like, I don't have anything. And so I say, well, what's the last thing God told you? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> when was the last time you fell under conviction that you needed to do something? I had, this happened when I was in Lebanon, Tennessee. Someone said, well, I was supposed to call my dad and ask him to forgive me for saying X, Y, and Z to my dad. I'm like, you need to go back and do that. That's where the drain's clogged, if you will. <laughs> go back to that thing. This person goes to their dad, or actually called him up, boom, and then the next day, boom, they get whacked by the Holy Spirit, okay? And so and that's not saying it's that way all the time. I'm just saying that if we're not hearing his voice, we may need to go back to the last time that we heard his voice and, and begin to agree with that. And if we're not, Dr. Rob says this all the time, if, if we live by his word, then we die by its absence, okay? And we are a people, we're a pneumatic, we're a wind-driven, we're a raiment word of God-driven people. And we, we, we and his, by the way, his raiment word never will violate what's in his written word, okay? And so, so he's going to be like, well, he told me to leave my spouse. No, he didn't tell you to leave his spouse because he doesn't like that. And so, so he's never going to tell, tell you to do something that's all out in blatant sin. Okay, let's just get that out of the way. But he's looking for people that agree with his word. <laughs> and not argue with it. And responding to his word, and this is what I really want to talk about. Responding to his word actually qualifies you to step into the next season of your life. 
<laughs> Responding to his voice qualifies us to go to the next season. Like, what would have happened? What, what would have happened to Mary? What would have happened to Mary if she'd have been like, "That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life." I, <laughs> I mean, so I think I think the Lord would have been like, "Okay." I'm going to find another virgin girl because the Lord's purposes are going to happen no matter what. Okay. His plans will not be thwarted. And so that's why it says in the old Testament, he's looking, he's searching the earth for a man, right? He's searching for the earth, uh, searching the earth for a man. He's looking, his eyes roam to and fro looking for someone. And when he finds someone, he can actually do it. And I think that if Mary been like, Hope, that's crazy. You don't understand what, I mean, how am I going to have this conversation with my fiance, right? And, and the Lord's like, fine, I'll move on. I'll find someone else that agrees with what I've spoken because I have to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And so here's the thing. For us as a house, we know the Lord's called us to be a house that hosts his presence. And the moment that we get sidetracked or the moment that we think that something else is more important is the moment that he moves on and he finds someone else to do it because he wants to accomplish this. He's just looking for someone. That's why Catherine Coleman, in my mind, one of the greatest evangelists of our generation, that's what she says that the Lord called, she felt like the Lord called three men before she finally said yes to the price that was called. If you don't know who she is, you can look her up on YouTube, and she's like this angel that just flows across the stage. And, and it's scary when you listen to her talk because it's like she's preaching and she's unaware that y'all's in the room it's just like she's right there dancing with the holy spirit it's crazy but responding to his voice is what qualifies us to go to the next season if you will that's why in john 15 1 look at john 15 i'm going to start jumping off here now john 15 it says this i'm the true vine my father is the vine dresser Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it might bear more fruit. And right here, verse 3, 15, 3, Jesus says, You're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. <laughs> so he's, he's about to talk. He's about to leave. He's preparing his disciples. And he says, you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Now, what's fascinating is that when Jesus says the word that I've spoken to you, he actually says the word for word is logos. It actually means the written word this time. It's not the living, active, dynamic thing. And so Jesus is like, you've lived with me the last three years, and I have spoken the word of God. I've spoken the word of God. I've spoken the word of God to you. But, but not just spoken it. When he uses the word spoken, he means I did it freely where it has transformed of power. So it's the same principle that he used with Mary, that when he speaks, it has a transformative power in our life. And the only way we're going to do what the Lord asks us to do is if we're connected and we begin to hear him speak. And so if we want to see an unprecedented move of the Holy Spirit, we need to begin to hear his voice. His voice is the only thing that matters. I promise you. It's, it's, it's not how many songs we sing. It's, it's not how long the services are. What matters is if he speaks. And, if, and then if he speaks, we respond and say, may it be done according to your word. Yes. 
I, I think the Lord's looking for people that don't even bicker or argue with him, right? I, I mean, if you haven't done that, maybe you haven't, I, I don't know. But sometimes the Lord speaks, and I'm like, I don't know about that, God. Like, I, I don't even think he wants to mess around with that. I think he's just looking for yes men. He's just looking, it's like, it's like I, you, he speak, yes, God. I want you to, yes, God. You do, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. And I don't know how, how to explain it, but the more we say yes, it's like it builds up trust. And as he, it's, and I, it's, it's like, it's, as, as I think every time we say yes to God, it's like we put a little trust coin in the, in the bank of heaven, if you will. And then eventually he's like, I'm going to let them make a withdrawal. And it's like, woof, and he opens up the floodgates of heaven and we start to see the things we've been crying out and asking for. But he's looking for someone to say yes. He's not looking for someone to say, I don't know. He's not looking for someone to say, maybe if you do this, this, and this. He's looking for people who say yes. He's looking, I'm sorry, he's looking for people like Peter that said, let me step out on the water and he said, they just say the word and Jesus says, come. And Peter didn't walk on the water. Peter walked on the word that Jesus spoke. He walked on that word that Jesus spoke and he actually walked on water. And then it says, and we've, I've taught on this before, then it says that but he saw the wind, and as he saw the wind, he began to sink. And the word wind, it does mean wind, but it actually can be translated as wrong doctrine. And that phrase, wrong doctrine, I actually believe that means that when he saw the wind, he thought that that word that Jesus spoke was not good enough to sustain him to continue to walk. And so when he speaks, we have to believe that what he spoke, he actually will take care and bring it to fruition. It's not our job to make what he speaks come to truth or come to life. It's our job to obey it, and it's his job to make sure, Jeremiah, that his word is fulfilled. So, like, in this room, there's a lot of words the Lord has spoken. There's a lot of promises and, and sometimes it's audible, sometimes it's a knowing. I, I, I hope we understand that by now. But I'm telling you, if he has spoken something, unless he has told you something different, that promise is still for you. Right. <laughs> now, here's what's fascinating, too. He says, you're already clean because of the word. The word clean, it means that you're pure. You've been made innocent. It, it actually carries with it like this, that, well, think of it like your kids when they're really filthy, dirty. I was thinking of your, boy, of, of your grandsons, like if they're playing outside, like they come in filthy, right? And they're covered with stuff. When he speaks his word, it takes that stuff and wipes it clean off. Okay. And so, but what happens is, is if you don't, con if we don't continually expose ourselves to the word, that there's a buildup. There's a buildup. So it's, it's like, it'd be like a calcium deposit within your drains, right? Like it just build up, build up, build up. Before you know it, you got a clogged drain. And it doesn't matter what you pour down in there, you've got to finally just go old school and put vinegar and baking soda in it before it eats that stuff completely off, right? And so the, the Lord, he, he, he says that the word I spoke to you cleansed you, but you didn't agree with it and you didn't realize it. It's really, really important to understand. 
And so what does that look like practically? Like if you've been cleansed from sin, you've been cleansed from your sin. If you've been set free, you've been set free. Because the word speaks, it's like it chisels things off. So hard heart, boom, comes like you get soft again, right? Angry, he takes care of it. He fills you with love again. Broken heart, hurt, uh, he, bring, he heals it. He, he's just, he does, it's loud. Sinful desires, he chisels it all away. But it only comes if we expose ourselves to him speaking his word and agreeing with it. Now, here's what I want to transition to this last, last little bit. And I'll, I'll, I say all that to get here. And I taught part of this on a Wednesday night about a month ago. But it's just been so big in my heart. If he speaks, and he does, we want to obey. And I think revival is just a consequence of us obeying over and over and over again. Now look at, look at Matthew 25. I'm going to talk about the, the parable of the virgins real quick. <laughs> Lord was showing me this connection yesterday when I was driving. And, but Matthew 25, starting with verse 1, it says, The kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But, but the prudent took oil flasks along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. I want you to understand, like they're speaking right here. The word is being spoken. But come out to meet him. Verse 7, then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, there will be not enough for us and you two. Go with, excuse me, go instead to the dealers to buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him to the wedding feast and the door was shut. Later, the other virgins came saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you, but be on alert for you don't know the day or the hour. Now this is an end times passage. But I actually think it's a passage about revival as well. This is what I shared a few weeks ago on a Wednesday. And just a few were here, so it's perfect for right now. <laughs> and the Lord has given a little bit more into this. But here's these, here's these ten virgins. And they're going to get married. And they have this oil for their lamps. And, and let me just say this, that each one of you has been given a lamp. If you've given your life to Jesus, you have been given a lamp. That's that's your light that he has given you. It's up to you what you do with that lamp, right? So the lamp is free, but oil actually costs you something. And that makes sense here in a second. But, but, but lamps are free. Oil costs you something. And I think oil is acquired in the secret place where you hear his voice. Okay? And so, so revival is contingent. Again, revi I, I think it's... It's mystery, wonder, whatever we're saying. But all that is contingent upon hearing his voice, 
All that is contingent with agreeing with what he says when we hear him. And then when we actually get alone with him, he gives us more of himself. And, and like I think the biggest problem with the American church is we prayed a prayer to go to heaven. We've got our lamp, but we have not acquired any oil, which is what is required for revival. So, so, so here's, here, let me give you the Jewish wedding uh, sequence, and this will help understand all this. So there's the engagement, right? There's the engagement where, where the bridegroom, he purchases his bride. He pays a dowry for his bride and, and, and establishes covenant with her and with her family. And so he's like, he's like, I think that she's worth this much. You're worth 12 goats. <laughs> and I'm going to buy you with 12 goats. And, and, and he does that and he promises to keep her and take care of her. That's what he does to the family. But we know that now that the bridegroom has come and he's paid a price with his blood for each and every one of us, right? So he's paid a price for us. And he, if there ever was any question on how much you're worth, you're worth the blood of his son. Let that hit you for a moment. You're worth the blood of his son. So he, that's how much he thought you were worth. So when people deal with, I have no value, like, come on. He paid for you for his son. Like, like, like I would die for probably anyone in this room, but I would not sacrifice my son for anyone in this room. I can't even picture doing that. I'd take a bullet for you, buddy, but I wouldn't give him for you. So he pays this price. He, he, they go through this engagement thing. There's this courtship. And so the Lord has done this for us and he woos us to him. And then there's the betrothal part where it's like, all right, we, we've courted. We went through this thing, but now's the real engagement. And it's where he goes and he leaves. The bride leaves the bridegroom or I'm sorry, the bridegroom leaves the bride and, and he goes and he prepares a home for them to live together. It sounds very familiar, does it not? that I go <laughs> to prepare something for you. And, and where I have, there, my, there's many rooms, right? That old, that old story. And so he's gone off and he, he, he prepares something for her to live in, a home for them to live in. But when he's gone, he sends presents to her to remind her of his love. So what did he do for us? He sent his Holy Spirit as a gift and as a comforter to us so that we don't grow weary so that we don't get frustrated so that when we go through a hard time we get comforted so that we get reminded of the gift that he has given us and that one day he will return and there's going to be a wedding by a glassy sea right and so so here's this picture of this of what they're what they're going on in the wedding and so 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 they would have done this thing and they would have known these virgins would have known that he was coming back we know that he's coming back now i i'm, I'm one like i i i think it may be you know i don't know I, I i think it may be longer than we think because he's been coming back soon for a really long time but he's not he's not going to come back until we actually live this stuff out that he's asked us to live out 
Because he's coming back for a bride that's without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And his bride has lots of spots and has lots of wrinkles and has lots of blemishes. That's why when we sang, consume me, or consume me, God, right? When we sang that a little bit ago, he wants to burn everything up that doesn't look like him. He's looking for a bride that was like Esther, right? Esther was chosen by the king or chosen by the whatevers, and she went through that process of being tenderized. She went through that year's time of being covered with oil and, and being covered with lotion for the so premise that when she was finally presented to him that he would think that she was beautiful, right? And then she, he was enamored with her, and then when it came to time, and, and, and the Jews were about to go through really a, a first holocaust, if you will, when they were about to be killed, Esther is able because of the intimacy that she experiences with the king to whisper into his ears and it saves an entire generation from being killed. Why? Because she prepared to meet the king. What if our preparation actually saves other people? I, I think it does. Right? Go therefore and make disciples of the nations, right? And teaching them everything I've taught you and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And, and lo, I'll be with you to the very end of age. Like he's already commanded us to do this. Like Jude talks about snatching people from the fire. And there's no way we can do that unless we get alone with him and hear his voice and release the things that he has spoken to us. Now the next part of the Jewish wedding is that he does actually show up. And, and when he shows up, he shows up and there's a celebration and then there's a consummation. <laughs> Some of you look at me, you said consummation in church. Like, come on, I mean. Sir. Now, I, let me backtrack real quick. I'm sorry. When he shows up and they said the bridegroom's ready, he would have showed up in the middle of the night, likely at midnight. It would have been dark outside, right? And, and typically the journey would have been a long journey. And, and like, I don't know about you all, but like those of us that live, like I, we no longer live in Louisville. And so it's dark in Shelbyville in the middle of the night. When we were in Louisville, it was like you go outside and you could see everything because of all the lights. The moment we moved out, to, out of town, we said two things. It's quiet and it's dark. <laughs> Okay, it's quiet and it's dark. And so, so the bridegroom, he would have showed up at midnight and he would have been like, all right, it's time to go. And the virgins, they were, they trimmed their wicks, verse 27, which actually meant they were like, oh, he's here. Let me make myself a little more beautiful. And so they trim their wicks and they take their oil and their lamp and they follow him through the dark to where he's taking them. The problem is, is that there were five of them that didn't go get their oil, that they didn't spend time alone with him. And when they didn't spend time alone with him, they, they weren't ready to respond to his voice. And, and I'll, I'll say this again, like you can have as much of God as you want. You just got to be willing to pay the price for it. Your lamp is free. Your oil costs something. Lamps don't change the world. Oil does. Because if lamps changed the world, they would have changed it by now. But you think, if you go back and you study revival history, every time there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, 
there was just, there's typically just a handful of people. There's a handful of people. That said, we're going to go after him no matter what. Because we believe that he actually hears and he cares and he wants to do something about it. And so, so these five, they, they go, the five foolish ones go to the five prudent and, and they say, can you, can you give us some of your oil? And like I, the night I taught this, I actually, I, I looked at your sister and I'm like, like your oil, you can't get it from, from Melissa and Terry. Ethan can't get oil from me. Your kids can't get oil from you. Same thing with like, they, they cannot. Your daughter can't get it from you, Mitz. You know, they just, they can't. They have to acquire it on their own. Now, it's up to us. It's up to us to demonstrate it and live it out so that they have an example, right? And they can be like, for years I didn't understand why my mom and dad went and they prayed and they talked with it in a room that appeared to be empty and they, it looked like they were talking to themselves, right? Or for years I didn't understand why my dad would sing songs with tears streaming down his face when no one was around, right? Or, or I didn't, for years I didn't understand why my mom would get down on her face in the living room and cry out to God because it wasn't even a church service. But those things set the example to say this is what you need to do and for lack of better term in the old days before tv and before social media it was customary for mothers to explain to their daughters what was going to happen at, after the wedding and the consummation so why is it any different right now because it's not it's up for us to live this stuff out so that they can see it and so that when he shows up, they run with it. Now, I'll say this. It's not too late if our kids are lost. It's not too late if they went away from the faith. Like, we can contend and cry out and believe that the Lord's going to convict them until they get miserable and they come back, okay? So, I'm so far off, Lord. Help And so these five, they said, give us your oil. And they said, well, no, we just have enough for us. And so they leave to try and go get it. And like, I, I, now hear my heart on this. I think that's a picture of thinking like, someone calling me and saying, when are we going to have another revival meeting? Because I need a touch of God. Now, I love revival meetings. And I want to say, what have you done the last three months to steward what happened the last time you were touched by God? And I don't mean that mean. Like, that's, that's my heart. Because I, I, it's, 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 not, it's not glory to glory. It's like glory to glory to glory to glory, right? That's what it's supposed to be. And what the problem is, is that we get lazy and we don't contend for our own oil. And, and, and it, everything depends on it. So, so here's what happens. So, so anyway, those five, they left. They tried to go buy it. They went to a special meeting to get their touch. He shows up. It's too late. The announcement's to come. They show up and they knock on the door. And he's like, I don't even know who y'all are. Like, that's harsh, right? He's like, we done started this party. We're not letting anyone else in. Now, here, here's what I think is fascinating. And this is a picture, like this tradition has been going on for years and years and years. 
Like, how many of y'all remember your wedding night? Traditionally, what does the bridegroom do to the bride when they come to their home? They carry her across the threshold. They do. They carry her across the threshold. Now, here's, you're going to have to bear with me for just a moment. This oil, like, I, I don't know if you've ever driven down I, the Waterson Expressway with a cup of coffee with no lid on it. <laughs> but that, it spills everywhere, right? They're holding this glass of oil. <laughs> They're holding this glass of oil, and he picks that bride up, and he carries her across. And I can't help but picture that oil just spilling all over her. Now, now, I think that's fascinating because in Matthew 7, it says, narrow is the gate. Broad is the road that leads to destruction, right? Maybe, <laughs> maybe fitting through the narrow gate has nothing to do with us being good people. Maybe fitting through the narrow gate has nothing to do with us saying all the right things at the right times and do it like when someone looks like, praise the Lord, hallelujah, right? Or maybe it has nothing to do with that. Maybe fitting through the narrow gate actually happens to do with we've acquired enough oil alone with him and we have heard his voice that we just slip right through. It's, and again, I, I just again, I just I just feel like this is what the Lord's saying, and none of that happens if I'm not allowed. If I say not allowed, because I am allowed, but if I never go to where I hear His voice and I respond to it. Now, these five foolish brides, He would have proposed to them. That's what's hard for me. They would have already heard His voice because He'd have been like. You know, marry me. Right? He'd have been like, marry me. And so they would have had to have responded to him. They would have, they would have had to have accepted what he proposed to them. They would have. Or at the very least, they would have went to their father and told their father what he did, right? And, and that whole deal. But anyway, culture of peculiarity. But they would have heard his voice. And I'm thinking, if you heard his voice once, why wouldn't you live the rest of your life wanting to hear it more and more and more? I heard this yesterday, and it really, it really messed with me. And I think there's a whole lot of truth. Like my... I never thought about it until yesterday. My, my biggest concern isn't that you don't read your Bibles. My biggest concern is you don't want to. My biggest concern isn't that you pray. My biggest concern is that you don't want to. My biggest concern for me is, is, isn't that I don't. It's that sometimes I don't want to. And like, I don't have it all. Like, there's, there's days I miss. There's days I miss reading. I get busy. I got a phone call on early. And next thing I know, it's 10 p.m. And I'm tired. Like, just full transparency. 
And I think, I can't believe that I didn't even have pains. That I didn't even want to hear his voice today. And so I think these five foolish ones, like it's like, man, he came and proposed to you face to face. And you're just like, I don't even get more oil. I'm going to sit on the sofa and eat some Cheetos, right? <laughs> and watch Survivor. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever people watch. <laughs> Speaking of you, April heard me. I was driving home. Like I, my diets went down just down the drain the last few weeks. And April, April, I was driving home yesterday, and April heard me munching, and she says, you're eating hot Cheetos, aren't you? <laughs> huh? Oh. And the monster energy drinks, the water monster energies, not, not the one like the sugar-free, carb-free one, and white chocolate Reese's. <laughs> but, <laughs> what a combination. She, she, she heard that. <laughs> but I think, man, if I've heard his voice once, if I've tasted and seen, why wouldn't I just say that's the only thing I ever want the rest of my life? And he's, he's looking... And I don't say this to make you feel guilty. Like, I'm saying this out of, like, hurt. And not, like, wounded, but just, like, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And I think the more comes at those wedding celebrations, if you will. And prophetically, if I could just say this, that, like, in my mind, that's just a picture of revival. That we want the Lord to move, but we haven't done what it takes. And I heard one of my favorite ministers say the other day and, and I, <laughs> that, that revival only comes to those he trusts. And those he trusts are the ones that he gets to know and they get to know him. Yeah. And you get to know him day by day by day, by day, over the course of a lifetime. And so it's like, it's like I think the Lord has given us glimpses of revival here. But then I think, what's it going to look like in 20 years from now when these kids take over? Or even before, who knows, whatever. But what are they going to run with? Because they've learned to walk day by day by day by day. The problem is, is that we're a society that wants to microwave everything. And, and, if, and I, think, I don't think revival comes that way. I think it comes by months, weeks, weeks, months, years of contending. Crying out, crying out. And when you feel like you got to quit, you do it again. I don't know how to end, end this fiery. I don't think the Lord wants me to. <laughs> I just think the Lord just wants us to just purpose in our hearts. We're going to be a people that respond to his word. It's like Mary. <laughs> I'm 14. I'm not married. <laughs> May it be done according to your word. Yes. And nine months later, she gives birth. That wasn't good, but she, <laughs> it's not... <laughs> No. <laughs> it could be. Could be. If it's a big baby. 
Nine months later, she literally gave birth to the person of revival. Because she agreed. What will this place look in September, nine months from now? What will our lives look like nine months from now? I think that's a word of the Lord right now. What will our lives look like nine months from now if we purpose in our heart? We're going to give ourselves to this thing or we're going to give ourselves to him fully. And, 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 and stop, and this, this is just me, stop getting obsessed when I look around and I see people sick or out and being more concerned with who's not here rather than with who is here. care about who's not here, but I care more that he's here. What would it look like nine months from now if we do everything we can to like, and, and I like, I know, I know, I remember when she was, she took prenatal vitamins, she did all these things, her diet changed, everything changed because she knew what she was giving birth to was the most important thing in her life. What would it look like if we said he has begin to come upon us and he's filled us and we're going to take what he's put within us and we're going to steward it. We're going to nurture it. We're going to feed it to where when it finally comes, it comes in all of its measure and all of its glory. And when he really comes now, it's not just a miniature version. When he comes now, it's the whole thing. Amen. 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 I'm going to pray. Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.